0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to summertime here in Krukern. Over the next few weeks in the month of August, we will be bringing you a short service. Each one of them will be focused on hearing the voice of God. So we really hope that you enjoy the services over the next few weeks. Each time, we will bring you a little bit of worship, a little bit, a little sermon, a little illustration, and some Bible reading. And we will pray for you at the end of every service. In the meantime, enjoy summertime here in Krukern. So. Yeah.
1: I was was born into it. I was um, basically a third generation contractor and um, worked with my dad alongside him. And then ultimately we were too much alike and so I actually went on my own and within a matter of years um, outgrew him and um, ultimately bought him out and uh, had 80, 85 employees. I had a lot of really good guys that worked for me and it didn't require my constant attention. I had a lot of flexibility and that allowed me to be able to uh, to get deeply involved in the church and just be there to do whatever because I was just so hungry to serve everything that I was doing was working and in a, about that same time the real estate market also began to take a turn for the worse our net worth began to uh, begin to just really drop but I was convinced that we could ride it out and then um, still at the end of it we're upside down to the tune of a million and a half and we ended up going bankrupt during that time i really wrestled with god i resisted every step of the way and it was a it was toward the beginning of that period of time when i began to to read through the bible cover to cover every year so it didn't make sense to me that he was taking the business away from me because i had put him first and i would sneak out to the woods so nobody knew where i was and i would head out there no matter what the weather and i would go out there and I would read God's Word, I would see His promises, and rather than being encouraging, they would make me furious. I would challenge Him to try to reconcile these promises that I'm reading in His Word with my circumstances. And um, God was eerily silent through most of that time. But yet every time I went out there, and every time I came back, I was completely filled with peace, and, um, and usually singing, um, it, it didn't make any sense. He, he loved me, even, even during the, the periods of time when, um, when I was having a meltdown. I mean, I, I learned to, to converse with God. Um, I learned to, to share with Him what's actually on my heart and not pretend that I'm not in pain. I mean, there are, there are aspects of it that, that I look at, and I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense. I don't know how God is gonna work this out, but he continues to day after day, and, and he meets me, and, and he provides um, for me and for my family.
2: in our love.
3: Psalm 37, do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass they will soon wither, like green plants they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. He will make, you right, make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. For evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. Amen.
4: In 1874, a 27 year old Alexander Graham Bell spent the morning tinkering with the phonautograph, an apparatus that mimicked the action of the human ear. His passion was deaf education, but in a stroke of genius, he began to wonder whether electric currents could be made to simulate sound waves and transmit voices electrically. Fast forward. On the evening of March 10, 1876, Bell and his assistant, Thomas Watson, were up late trying to perfect the clarity of their sound transmission. That's when Watson heard these immortal words, Mr. Watson, come here, I want to see you. If there is such a thing as a biblical understatement, Hebrews 1.1 qualifies. It says, God spoke to our ancestors at many times and in various ways. God's ability to speak in strange and mysterious ways is nothing short of astounding. He spoke to Moses via a burning bush. He spoke to Pharaoh through 10 signs and wonders. He spoke to Hezekiah via illness. He spoke to Babylonian astrologers with the stars. He spoke to Belshazzar via a disembodied hand that inscribed Many, many techo Parson on the palace wall. And my personal favorite, he spoke to Balaam through a donkey. Let me be absolutely clear about one thing. After highlighting the various ways in which God speaks, the writer of Hebrews zeroes in on God's greatest revelation, Jesus Christ. He's the full and final revelation of God. And again, as we talked about in the last session, scripture is our first language. But God still speaks in various ways. There are six secondary languages. In scripture, God speaks via desires, dreams, doors, people, promptings, and pain. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. To believe that God speaks only through the Bible is to handcuff the God of the Bible as the Bible has revealed him to us, yes. Scripture is our check and balance, and God will never say anything that's contrary to his good, pleasing, and perfect will as revealed in Scripture. But God still speaks in strange and mysterious ways. More than three decades ago, a Harvard professor named Dr. Howard Gardner wrote a groundbreaking book called Frames of Mind. Dr. Gardner popularized the theory of multiple intelligences. Simply put, different people are smart in different ways. His original categories had eight types of intelligence. Word smart, number smart, picture smart, body smart, music smart, people smart, self smart, and nature smart. Well, just as we're smart in different ways, I think we relate to God in different ways. And that's a testament to a God who's big enough to be heard by anyone and everyone, anywhere and everywhere. He speaks billions of languages, including yours. Here's my point. Spirituality filters through personality. It filters through history. It filters through theology. The way Jesus spoke to his disciples is as different as Peter, James, and John. God is big enough to speak as many languages as there are people. But there are six secondary languages that God consistently uses in scripture. The first language is desire. Now we've got to be careful because we all have sinful desires and selfish desires. Those desires have to be sanctified. But Psalm 37:4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The word give means to conceive. In other words, God will birth new desires within you, and those desires become compass needles that guide us towards God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. The second language is dreams. Scripture promises in Acts 2.17 that when he pours out his spirit on us, that our sons and daughters would prophesy, that young men would see visions and old men would dream dreams. Dreams are God's lingua franca. The third language is doors. One of my most prayed promises is Revelation 3, 7 and 8. It says, what he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. See, I have placed before you an open door here's the thing. It's a package deal. You can't just pray for open doors. In fact, someday, I think we'll thank God for closed doors as much as the ones he opens. The fourth language is people. Sure, God can speak through a donkey, but more often than not, he uses people. He used a prophet named Nathan to rebuke King David. He used an uncle named Mordecai to exhort Queen Esther. He used a spiritual father named Paul to encourage Timothy. The fifth language is prompting. Scripture is our map, but the Holy Spirit is our guide. And one key to living a spirit-led life is learning to discern his promptings. God is ordering our footsteps. God is preparing good works in advance, but if we ignore his promptings, We miss the miracle. Finally, God speaks through pain. C.S. Lewis said that God whispers through our pleasures but shouts through our pain. You can ignore the Bible, but you can't ignore pain. Pain is a professor of theology. Pain is a marriage counselor. Pain is a life coach. Pain helps us learn some of life's toughest lessons. We don't just listen with our ears, we listen with our eyes, with our hearts, and with our spirits. That's how we discern promptings, people, and pain. We don't just read scripture, we read desires and doors and dreams. In 1971, psychologist Albert Morabian published Silent Messages, which included his pioneering research on nonverbal communication. When it comes to credibility, Moravian found that we assign 55% of the weight to body language, 38% to tone, and 7% to actual words. Well, scripture is made up of actual words, and it certainly represents more than 7% of God's revelation. It's God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness but God also speaks via body language, his body, the church. I call it the language of people. God speaks in different tones of voice, including the language of desire and the language of pain. Here's the bottom line. Learning to hear the voice of God takes discernment. It takes discernment to spot closed doors and open doors. It takes discernment to recognize God-given dreams It takes discernment to know which desires are from God. It takes discernment to obey the promptings of God. It takes discernment to put pain into perspective. And it takes discernment to read people. The English word discern comes from a Greek word, which means knowledge gained by firsthand contact. It's experiential. In other words, it's not book smarts as much as it's street smarts and it's fine-tuned over time. Do you know the quickest way to learn a new language? It's not by sitting in a classroom or reading a book. It's full immersion. You have to put yourself in a position where that's all you can hear, all you can speak. The same is true of these seven languages. It's gonna take time, it's gonna take effort, but the journey begins by jumping into the deep end and starting to swim. Let me close with this. Depending on your spiritual background, some of these seven languages will seem like foreign languages. That means they might take a little longer to learn. But I want to remind you of one thing. They're all love languages. The Bible is a big book, 66 books, in fact. It's written over a span of 15 centuries. Simply put, It's an unparalleled longitudinal study with incomparable insights into human nature and the nature of God. And although I don't want to oversimplify a very big book, I believe I can summarize the storyline of scripture in five words. God is love, full stop. There are more than 400 names for God in scripture. But if you ask me what I believe to be the truest thing about God. I would answer with the three words the Apostle John used to encapsulate the Almighty. God is love. Yes, God is powerful. Yes, God is good. Yes, God is light. But above all, God is love. That's the truest truth. God doesn't love us because of who we are. God loves us because of who he is. When we succeed, God says, I love you. When we fail, God says, I love you. When we have faith, God says, I love you. When we doubt, God says, I love you. And he says it through scripture, desires, dreams, doors, people, promptings, and pain. Love is his answer to everything. Why? Because he is love. Believe it or not, God loves you. He actually likes you. In fact, he's especially fond of you. And that's why he whispers. God wants us to hear his voice. But even more than that, he wants us to hear his heart. So he whispers softer and softer so that we get closer and closer. And when we finally get close enough, he envelops us in his arms and tells us that he loves us.
0: Welcome back everyone, I really hope you've enjoyed watching today's service and um, you've really taken in the sermon on hearing the voice of God and how vitally important it is for each and every one of us. What I would love to do now is pray for you, I would love to pray for your family and I would love to pray for your community. Wherever you're watching in the world it's important that we always pray for our community. So first of all let me pray for you, Father I pray your blessing on those who are watching right now. I pray that they really do hear your voice over the next few weeks and they are completely blown away and taken aback just about how interested and how much you have to say in their lives I pray for our families for all of our children for all of our parents in the wider context Lord that we really even they will begin to hear your voice and some great conversations will happen over these next few weeks and finally Father we bring our communities before you wherever they are in the world right now. But I'm praying for Krukern and I pray that our community is totally blessed and also begins to hear the voice of God in a completely amazing, amazing way. Amen. So just one final thing to go, enjoy the service. You can watch it again. It's really, really good. Thank you for joining with us. And over the month of August, let's hear the voice of God together. God bless you.